Hello my beautiful sisters, this is Ola Davis again with another episode of When Marriage Hurts podcast. This is episode 6, we're going to be continuing with the topic that we discussed last week which is, is a husband superior to his wife? And so this is like the part 2 of that of that series I should say. Um, so today we're going to be looking at attempting to answer that question from a different perspective, still scriptural. Um, you're not going to want to miss this. And the reason I say that is because a lot of women, especially Christian women, we've been sold this idea that your role as the wife is to help your husband. So what exactly does that mean? Does that mean your your role is that of a servant? Does that mean your role is that of a personal assistant? Does that mean that um, you're just there to help the help your husband fulfill his dreams and vision? What exactly does it mean to be a help helpmate? So we're gonna uh, dig dig deep. Okay, I'm sort of having trouble speaking English today. We're gonna dig deep into that topic. Dig deep into the Word of God and see if the wife. If God intended for the wife to be in a subordinate role or if God intended for the wife to be an equal partner, isn't that a crazy idea? Could God have decided that the wife be an equal partner with her husband? Oh my goodness, that is some serious table we're trying to shake here. So um, stay tuned, go nowhere, get comfortable, get a cup of water because you might need it. And let's dig into this episode. Hey sis, welcome to the When Marriage Hurts podcast. I'm your host, Ola Davis. My mission is to help Christian women in painful marriages become aware of the marriage lies our society and religion has programmed our heads with. Are you tired of marriage advice that always blames you for whatever goes wrong in your marriage? Have you attended all the marriage seminars seeking help only to be blamed and shamed for your marriage problems? Has your marriage become the source of your greatest pain? Have you lost hope of being happily married? Are you just hanging in for the sake of your kids? I've been there before. I know what it is like to feel alone in marriage, yet feel trapped by the wedding vows that I made. Together, we will discover scriptural truths that set us free from the pain so that healing can begin. Oh yeah, let's shake some tables. Welcome back. Welcome back to the When Marriage Hurts podcast. I am so excited to bring you this new episode, which is the part two of the episode that we had last week. Um, so just as a reminder, last week we talked about, um, we kind of explored the topic of whether a man is superior to a woman or if a husband, more specifically, is superior to his wife. Yes, so we dived into the book of Genesis uh, where the man was created and we talked about the fact that the word Adam isn't actually like a generic name. It's not like a regular name. It's a name from the word Adama, which means earth. So Adam simply describes 
human beings in general, a being created out of the earth, essentially. So we talked about the fact that when when the when Adam is used in Genesis one twenty seven, that it refers to human beings in general. When God says, "Let us make man in our own image and likeness," it's referring to both men and women. We talked about the fact that in Hebrew, the the uh, man and woman is ish and isha. So Adam in that text, in in the book of uh, Genesis, I should say, talks really about human beings in general. So today we're just going to be building on that foundation, still talking about the, the subject, is a husband superior to his wife. All right, so let us dig in. Um, I'm going to go straight to the point on this episode. Um, we're going to be going into... The book of Genesis, again, where else? We're going to the very beginning. Alrighty, so now we see that in the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 18, um, and I read, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Now I'm reading from the New King James, by the way, if you were wondering. Um, so in the King James version, it says, "I will make, I will make him a helpmeet." M e e t, helpmeet. Now, over the years, somehow people have kind of twisted that into the word helpmate. I'm not even sure what that means, but what it says in the King James is helpmeet. Um, the New King James says, "A helper comparable to him." Um, there are some other versions that says um, a help helper suitable for him. In o- o- over the course of so many years, this verse has been used wrongly as as a biblical basis to establish the lie. Yes, to establish the lie that a woman or a wife just exists for the sole purpose of helping a man. Okay, I'll say that in simpler terms. This verse has been misconstrued and twisted to mean that a woman or a wife simply exists as a man's personal assistant. (laughs) I, yeah, it's thinking about it now. It's, it's just crazy. And that's why I really encourage women to get into the scriptures for themselves. You cannot afford to let people define who you are. God is your creator. God is the one. God is the one who made you, is the one who not only has the right, but has the wisdom to define who you are. So we're going to be talking about this today. God definitely did not put the woman in the role of a personal assistant. It didn't put the woman in the role of, in a position of inferiority. Let me just put it that way. And it definitely did not set the man over the woman. I know that what I'm saying right now is going to, you know, mess up some people's thinking because you've been taught a certain way since you were young or at least since you became a Christian You've had mentors, 
you've had spiritual leaders that have taught you differently? Well, let me challenge you today. How about you let God teach you today? How about you let God show you the truth in his word about who you are? Quit letting society define you. Even your parents cannot define you. They've just had the privilege to be the vehicles through, through which God brought you into this world, but they, they haven't earned the right to define you. And definitely do not let your husband define you or your spiritual leaders. Can they offer you guidance? Yes, by all means. But they do not have the authority to define you. Only God has that. Open your mind and let your maker define you. Get to know who you are as a woman. Anyway, I'll get back to the Bible. It says, I will make a helper suitable for man. Or I will make a helpmate, if we're going to use the old King James, suitable for the man. And, you know, I started studying this and I'm like, what does that even mean? Help suitable, helpmate, whatever, you know. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, you guessed it. I went back to the Hebrew, right? I went back to the Hebrew and I'm like, what, what, what does it say in the Hebrew? What does this word mean? Help me, it helps you table and, you know, all these other variations that we have in the English language. What does the word actually mean in the Hebrew? What word was used? Was it the English equivalent of house girl? Was it the English equivalent of um, servant, right? Like the world would have us believe. Was it the English equivalent of an assistant, like a personal assistant? I wanted to know, really. And whatever I found, I was ready to just accept that because that's coming directly from God himself. Well, sisters, you will not believe what I found out. And I'm going to share it with you. So the phrase help me, helps you table, you know, whatever your own version of the English Bible calls it. In the Hebrew is actually a phrase called Isa Kenedo. And again, disclaimer, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, right? Pardon me if my pronunciation is off. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna write this stuff in the show notes so that if anyone wants to do um, their own study, at least they don't have to wonder what the spelling is from my poor pronunciation. Okay. So I'm going to put the, the words in the show notes. All right. Okay. So it is the phrase Isa Kenedo. So the help, or I'm going to make him a help mate, or I'm going to make him a helper. I should say the word help there is the word in, in the Hebrew is the word Isa, and it is used several times in the scriptures. At least I think in my study, I, I read that it's used like 20 times in scriptures. So it's it's an interesting word when you begin to look at the other places that it was used in scriptures, right? Because see, I learned something years ago that if you read a passage of scripture that confuses you and you read another passage, related passage that is very clear, do not let the confusing passage um, rob you of the clarity of the passage that is clear to you. Okay, you're going to need that in the future, I promise. (laughs) But let's keep going. 
So like I said, help or helper means easer. And this word is used more than a dozen times in the scriptures. So let's, let's rather than have someone confuse us, let's allow the Bible interpret itself. So in other portions of the Bible where this word easer is used, what did it refer to? What um, does it talk about in those other scriptures? So like I said, it's used in more than a dozen places in the scriptures. There are times, so apart from referring to the woman as the easer, in other parts of scriptures, the word easer is used to describe like, uh, like a military army, right? Like where the scripture talks about Israel maybe calling upon some nations to help it fight its enemy and provide like military help to fight its enemy, its enemies, excuse me. So the word easer is used in those instances. Um, thirdly, it's also used to refer to God himself, God being an help or God providing help to us. So when you look at this other context and try to use that to interpret what easer means in the book of Genesis, you would realize that it would be a little bit ridiculous to say that it means, um, it's the English equivalent of servant or personal assistant in the book of Genesis. Because if we were going to let the scripture interpret itself, then we would also have to say <laughs> that in the portions of scripture where Ezer is used to refer to God as our helper, um, yeah, so you get my point now. It's not adding up, right? Because we can't say that there's no way that we could say that um, we're superior to God because he's our Ezer, right? Okay, so... um. I'll just have us read maybe a couple of scriptures where the word easer is used and we'll take a look at what the context and how the word is used there. And that kind of gives us some, it kind of gives us some idea of what easer is in the book of Genesis chapter two, verse 18. Okay, so I will go into my Bible and the first one we'll be looking at is Psalm 89 verse 19. Okay, so the first verse that we'll be exploring that uses the word Ezer in the Hebrew, and Ezer is E-Z-E-R, by the way. Uh, Psalms 89, excuse me, Psalms 89. <laughs> I haven't had breakfast, please. Maybe that's why I'm, I'm sounding, if I'm sounding a little bit, you know, just know that it's because I, I haven't had breakfast. Anyways, Psalms 89 verse 19. It says, Then you spoke in a vision to your only one and said. Now this is God talking, right? Like the psalmist is quoting God. You spoke in a vision to your only one and said, quote, I have given help to one who is mighty. I have exalted one choosing from the people. So it says, I have given help to one who is mighty. The word help there in the Hebrew is Ezer. So God is saying, I have given help to one who is mighty. So in this passage here or in this verse, we see that God is the Ezer. So it just shows you that Ezer is not a subordinate. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful word. Ezer is by no means a subordinate. So like I said, it's used um, in context of uh, military help. 
and is also used in the context of God being our helper. All right, so let us move on to the second scripture that I said I'll be sharing where the word Ezer was used in scriptures. Now, the second example is also referring to God. And, um, you know, I did mention that the word was sometimes used to connote military help, right? Um, But I chose these two examples because it speaks specifically about God. I had to choose this ones because, you know, it it just shows you the ridiculousness. Let me put it that way. (laughs) It shows how ridiculous it is when people try to interpret this Genesis 2.18 passage to suggest that God created the woman to be subordinate to the man, to be like his personal assistant or to be like his servant. No, that's not true. That's not consistent with the rest of scripture. So the the second example we'll be taking a look at is found in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, is that how you say that? Deuteronomy, okay. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 7. Deuteronomy 33, verse 7. It says in the New King James, it says, And this is said of Judah, Hear, Lord, the voice of Judah, and bring him to his people. Let his hands be sufficient for him. Now listen, listen closely. And may you be a help against his enemies. May you be a easer against his enemies. Isn't that interesting? So here this verse is talking about God being a easer against the enemies of Judah. <laughs> so are we now going to interpret this and say, you know, if God is being a easer against the enemies of Judah, then God is subordinate to Judah? No, that's just, you know, at that point, we just, it's just plain ridiculousness. So we see that Ezer speaks of being a help or helper, but not in the subordinate way that we've been taught, not in the um, master-servant kind of relationship. It's a helper that is, it has nothing to do with subordination. Let me just put it that way. It has absolutely nothing to do with subordination. So I've shared two scriptures where it speaks of God himself as being the easer. And then um, there are other scriptures where it talks about other nations or military of um, other nations being the easer to the nation of Israel. So I hope this kind of sheds more light for you on that passage. So when someone comes at you or you hear someone talking about God just, you know, created the woman to help the woman, uh, to help the man, excuse me, to just help the man fulfill God's vision for his life. I mean, there might be some truth to that, but that's not the sole purpose for which God has created a woman. There are men that kind of twist this to kind of mean that God gives a man a purpose and a vision and he just gives him a wife. To fulfill that purpose and the, the wife isn't supposed to have a, a, a vision or purpose for our own life. Our vision and purpose in life is just to help the man and help him do whatever he needs to do. That is so twisted. Some even go as far as saying that a woman is not supposed to have a purpose for her life or that she doesn't have a God-given purpose for her life. So this kind of unscriptural thinking, let me put it that way, 
<laughs> Let me not use mean words. This kind of unscriptural thinking gets, uh, it, 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 it distorts the thinking of people, even as young ladies or young girls, where they grow up thinking all that they are good for in life is to get married and quote and unquote settle, which I don't even understand what that was. What does it mean to settle? For me, settling isn't a positive word. But anyways, so it gives them that notion that, oh, God has just put them here to get married and have kids. Now, getting married and having kids, it's wonderful. I got married. I have kids. You know, it's a wonderful thing. But it's not the sole purpose for which God has put us here on earth as women. I had so much fun studying this and I was just like, oh, wow. You know, I wish my sisters knew this. I wish my sisters really, really knew God's had towards them and we're not learning all these lies that religion plugs into our minds and distorts <laughs> who God has created us to be. So last week we found out that not only the man was created in God's image and his likeness, the woman was created in God's image and likeness as well. So it's kind of crazy when people start to distort that idea. And some people go as far as saying the man was created in God's image and likeness. And then the woman was just, just something, someone that got created on the side to help the man. So he's not lonely, right? Because God said it's not good for man to be alone. So just God just created him a plaything. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like when you think about how women are used as sex objects in society, how women are ridiculed, how women are seen as less than, it all stems from this kind of ideas. It stems from um, this kind of thinking. And this, this kind of thinking occurs in the secular world too. But sadly enough, in the church where we're supposed to be feeding people the truth of who they are, feeding people the truth of who God has made them to be, feeding people the truth of how God sees them, the church has also partnered with the secular world in distorting people's view of who the woman is right? And it's easy for us to dismiss this and say, well, you know, Allah, it's our culture. It's no, it's not. It's not. I mean, I'm not trying to say culture hasn't contributed to this negatively, but I'm trying to help us just open our minds and see that this isn't just cultural. It's a global problem. It's a sin problem, actually. And I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself now. But it's it's not just a cultural thing. Even in Western nations, even in the so-called developed nations, this problem still exists. You know, forget about um, in, in, in this modern times that, you know, there's so much talk about women rights, blah, blah, blah. You know, ask yourself, if women are not being seen as less, should we even be talking about women's rights? Shouldn't we just be talking about human rights? right? Like nobody, no, nobody goes around campaigning for men's rights. Why? Because men already have all the rights or, <laughs> you know, they, they have the rights anyways. The, the reason we talk about women's rights is because women are not being dignified as human beings. 
So you see that this is really, it's not just cultural, it's global. So we need to see ourselves, women, ladies, we need to see ourselves the way God sees us. We are created in his image and his likeness. We were not created to be subordinate to the man. We were not created to be inferior to the man. In the same way, a wife was not created to be less than a husband. She wasn't created to be inferior to a husband and she should not be treated so. She should not be treated as such. When she's treated as such, then the man, the husband is out of line. Let's just call it what it is. All right. So enough said about that. We've talked about ESA. We've established the fact that it's used in the context of military help or strength. And it's even used to refer to God himself. So that establishes the fact that it's not when we see helpmate or help suitable in Genesis 2.18, it's not talking about like a servant role or a subordinate. Okay. Now the other word in the phrase helpmate, which is connecto. And like I said, I'll, I'll put this in the show notes so that you know the right spelling for those who want to do um, their own personal study. Kenedo is in the Hebrew is made up of two prepositions and a pronoun. So the care part of it, it means to be like or as or according to. And the neg negdo or the neged, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm saying this all wrong. <laughs> so the second portion of the word, yeah, let me just put it that way. It means in front of. So when we put that to together, Kenedo means like, as, or according to, or corresponding to, or equal to. You see that? So when it says, uh, when God says that it's not good for the man to be alone, it's going to make him an easier Kenedo. God is essentially, God was essentially saying, I'm going to make him a helper that is like him, that is as him that is according to him, that is corresponding to him, that is equal to him. I'm just going to pause for a moment and let that sink in because I know this is a new thought for so many people. It's a new thought for so many women because we've been, we've been taught badly or wrongly. I shouldn't say badly, wrongly. We've been, we've been taught wrongly about what this means. So God made you as a helper that is according to the man, corresponding to the man, equal to the man. Okay? So not as one subordinate to him. So when we put together the two words, Isa and Canedo, and God says, I will make him a Isa Canedo, it's basically saying, I will make him a corresponding ally. I will make him a helper that's equal to him. I will make him an equal partner. So on that note, we'll be wrapping up this episode. I hope that you've been able to learn a thing or two. Um, Some of you might have to listen to this episode twice. Some of you might have to listen to this episode four times and read the scriptures. I'm going to put it in the show notes. But listen as for as many times as you need to to get this into your mind, to get to draw this truth from your spirit into your mind. The Bible says to renew our minds with the word of God. You need to renew your mind. You've had, 
years and years of lies being taught to you as scriptural truths. You need to undo that by meditating upon the scripture, by doing your own study, by coming to know how God sees you, why God made you, who he made you as. Anyways, I will say thank you so much for joining me on this episode. If you haven't joined our Facebook group yet, please head over to Facebook when marriage hurts and, you know, be a part of a community community of women that are standing up for God's truth, not only in their marriages, but in their own lives, rediscovering the truths that has been eating from us for so long or um, essentially distorted and causing us pain in our in our lives and in our marriages. Um, until next week, when we get to speak about this topic again, my name is Ola Davis, and remember, Jesus said he will never leave you nor forsake you. Have a wonderful week ahead. Has this podcast blessed you? If yes, please head over to Apple Podcasts, When Marriage Hurts, and leave a written review for the show. It would be such a blessing to me to know that this show has impacted you in some ways. Also, share this podcast with a friend. Let's spread the word. Lastly, if you would like to be a part of a community of like-minded women of faith who are on a journey to living the best life God has for them despite their marriage challenges, join our Facebook group, When Marriage Hurts. Until next time, remember the words of Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. <laughs>